Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, thank you for coming to worship with us. Please stand with me as we come together and worship through song. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For he is good, he is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn, his love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong. Forever God is with us, forever, forever. From the rising to the setting sun, His love endures forever. And by the grace of God we will carry on. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong. God is with us forever. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us forever. Good morning. Good morning to those of you online, too. We are excited for everyone to be here, and um, we have a lot going on this week, especially today. It's the McCoupin Baptist Association annual meeting. Say that five times fast. Starting at 2.30 today, you can come right here. Um, Blake Harding will be one of the speakers, along with Mark Emerson from IBSA. Um, we have Adam. And then we also have Adam and Bobby from Cross Church that will be joining us um, and leading the music. And there's a meal at the end of it all. So the schedule goes like this. Be here at 2.30 for the MBA business session with Coupon Baptist Association. That's MBA. That starts at 2.30. At 3.25, 
It may be 3.30 because they might give us a potty break. Woohoo! Okay. At 3.25, we have the MBA worship. And then at 5 o'clock is the MBA fellowship meal, which will be across the street. All right? And everyone's welcome to join us. Because of all the festivities today, we will not be having the chosen study tonight with Richard Hazelwood at 6 o'clock. But you can come back next week and it will pick back up. Prayer and share is on Wednesday at 6.30. The food pantry at the plaza is in need of help, and that's Thursday from 9 to 11 if you want to go and help um, stock shelves and pass out food. Next Sunday, um, for those of you not participating in The Chosen, there is a new study called Living for Christ in a Culture that Doesn't, and it's going to be led by Randy Darr. <clears throat> Ooh, there's a lot going on. This week... We are beginning our Mission Illinois um, offering and week of prayer. So the week of September 17th through the 24th this year is our offering and prayer for Mission Illinois. Today on day one is church revitalization. Revitalization. I left out a syllable. (laughs) Woo! That's day one that we're praying for today. So each of the nearly 900 Southern Baptist congregations in Illinois represent a people and a place consecrated for God's glory. With as many as 60 to 80% of churches nationwide in decline, renewed vitality is needed so they can deliver the light of Jesus in our neighborhoods. Pray for Scott Foshi as he leads IBSA's church revitalization efforts to help churches across Illinois find renewed hope and a new future. Today, we're going to watch our Mission Illinois offering video called On Deck, featuring our own Blake Harding. And then after that, Teresa, oh sorry, the grand Miss Teresa, will be coming up to interview Blake. At the conclusion of the interview, his dad, Steve Harding, will be leading us in prayer. Thank you. God loves you more than you know one day I realized that I had an opportunity uh, to bring my young boys here. I thought it was for them, my boys, but God was actually working on me. It's hard to move from a church that you care greatly about to another church. Thankfully, they gave me opportunities to serve. Early in our marriage, we were in the young couples class and that group, we just did all kinds of things together and we would participate in different ministries together as well. It was just a place that was always home. The church is life-changing. It's here where real purpose is found, where the gospel flows out to the community, where families grow in Christ together. It's the church with a capital C, manifested in millions of local churches that Jesus said would stand against the gates of hell. That Paul said, I got the call. Oh, yeah, it's tomorrow. Joyce is tomorrow. Are we ready? Okay, I'm going to get out of the way. I got the call to ministry summer of 2008. 
know, I did not know what to do. I didn't know what that looked like, what that meant, because, you know, I was just becoming a freshman in high school. I didn't know what any of that meant. Blake Harding's family was going to Emmanuel Baptist in Carlinville when he felt the call to ministry. Shortly after that, Cliff Woodman became his pastor. Part of being a healthy church is, is being outwardly focused. And what can we do outside of our four walls or how many walls we got, right? How, how can we do something outside of that? And they talked to Blake for about... Cliff is also the zone consultant for the Illinois Baptist Association. One of Cliff's ministries is mentoring pastors as part of a cohort training and preaching lab. It's where Blake began. One of the main things I got from the cohort groups was this idea of unity. I'm not doing ministry on my own. I have other you know, churches in the association, other churches in the state, and you know, with access to the IBSA that have resources to help me and guide me no matter what uh, difficulties I might come across. Blake graduated from Hannibal LaGrange just before the COVID pandemic. He spent the next two years looking for a church to serve. It's been a long road for me to get to vocational ministry. We need to be you know, faithful in coming alongside them and continue to strengthen them, encourage them. Without them, without the Holy Spirit, I would have given up a long time ago. Meanwhile, on the other side of Illinois, Highland Avenue Baptist in Robinson was looking for an associate pastor. For quite a while, we were getting nothing. Sometimes I begin to wonder over that two-year period, thinking, well, I don't know if there's a guy out there. It was hard. After more than two years, God led Blake and Highland Avenue together. Blake is now their associate to youth and families. His mentorship continues with Dwight. We've got to reach young people who the Lord's going to use in ways to, to be able to connect with so that we can better engage the community out there who don't know the Lord. And Blake's ministry reaches across the state to the church that invested in him first. We got to send somebody from our church to do God's ministry, to, to, to be part of the kingdom ministry someplace else, knowing that, that what we did here, he's carrying on, and the lives that he touches, essentially, we touched. Yeah, I can't thank the people that I've had in my life, from other pastors to other faithful men and women in Christ, who just continue to plant that foundation. It's uh, overflowing with encouragement. That's why I can say it. When you give to the Mission Illinois offering, you provide resources to train and develop the next generation of pastors. There are more than 8 million people in our state who need the gospel. IBSA is committed to helping each church be a healthy church, training and supporting new leaders right here in Illinois. like a little kid sitting here next to you. I can swing my feet. <laughs> All righty. Blake, you have always been famous with us, but now you're on the big screen. Man, that's pretty awesome. It's absolutely nerve-wracking. <laughs> they, when they asked me to do the video, they didn't tell me it was for the Illinois Mission Offering until right before they shot the video. Yes, because I see that you have different shoes on. You know, you have a great ensemble, you yeah. know. Way to go, Mom. Um, so it's my honor to welcome Blake back today to get a visit with us. It's a privilege to get to know him um, through all the years that um, I've got to get a personal uh, 
watch him grow up because he and Gage were best friends. So it's pretty cool. Still best friends. Love you, Gage. So it's pretty cool um, to see him grow into the young man that God had planned for him. Um, If you don't know Blake, he's super cool, and there's a few things I want to tell you about him just really quick. Blake is a kid magnet. He is such, um, has such a connection with young people. He has the biggest heart ever. He has the biggest heart. And as you can see by um, the way he lives his life, he loves the Lord very much, and he wants to tell others about him. Um, he took the reins of children's ministry during COVID and after and really kept that going when we didn't know that we would be able to keep, keep going and uh, have everybody here. But he took that, and he did it single-handedly, and we're... Super happy he kept that going and did that. So thank you, Blake. Okay, but we do have a few questions. I feel like Katie Kirk here. You remember, I, she knows retired or whatever, like interview uh, special hair. Inquiring minds would like to know these questions. What is your biggest joy in ministry? Our biggest joy is leading. I'm going to cry. Y'all know I'm a crier. <laughs> my, my biggest joy is uh, is in also leading people to Christ, but also strengthening those that have a relationship with Christ and letting them grow in that joy, being right there with them and the joy that it means to know Christ not only as their Savior, but as their friend, one they can lean on to, one, one that will never leave them or forsake them, one that they can turn to in times of anxieties and fears and rely on the Holy Spirit. That, that, that's my greatest joy, is that I get to do that you know, as a living, like, it's awesome that I, I get to solely focus on encouraging middle school and high school students as well as the other members in our church in that. That is uh, definitely your passion, you can tell. Um, what motivates you as a pastor then, since you get to do that too a little bit? Yeah, uh, every pastor that you meet will tell you that pastoring is hard. It's there's a lot of stresses, a lot of things that can come up, but it is uniquely rewarding. It is a high calling because it's difficult, but it's a great rewarding calling. And the fact that I get to walk with people, I get to encourage people and approach people and tell them about Christ. You know, let them understand that, they're, that they need Christ. They have sin in their lives. And, all, and ultimately that by believing in Christ, they can be forgiven of their sins and have eternal life with Christ and be in the presence of God for all of eternity, be restored back to a proper relationship. Like, that is a great joy, motivator, blessing. And what's awesome is this isn't just a motivator for pastors. This is a motivator for all Christians. This This is something that all Christians can do and have the, you know, obligation to do when you follow Christ. Um, just a couple weeks ago, the kids were, we were, I was asking questions in Sunday school, and they're like, well, Blake told us. So um, that is something that he's passionate about, and he does, um, that does motivate him to make sure everybody knows the Bible and knows um, God's word that way. So that is, um, okay, so let's go funny now. What is your most embarrassing moment in ministry so far? I got two. <laughs> so back, back in March, I've only, I've only been with the youth for like a month at this point. 
We do, we do our first youth fellowship event. We go bowling. Bowl the worst game in my entire adult life. Bowl to 42. <laughs> it was bad. I broke the, like, I, either the lane broke, so that's why I bowled bad, or I bowled so bad the lane broke, one of the two. But, it, but yeah, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that was funny. But I got to use that to continue to grow that relationship with those students that went with us. And then another one, like, that was just youth ministry. This one was in front of the whole church. Back in uh, July, I was preaching for one of our youth-led Sundays. We do every fifth Sunday. And before I, I stood up to go to the pulpit to preach, I turn on my mic pack. And as soon as I stand up, I go, <coughs> because standing up hurts now because I'm old. For the whole church to hear it, I just see him busted up laughing. I'm just laughing it off as I go up. There's not much I could do from there. All right, the last question for you. How can we support you, Blake? Yeah, just continue to uh, pray for me and my ministry there. That, that's the biggest way you, you can support me. Uh, just pray for the city of Robinson. It, it is a lost city. Like, there, there's you know, a lot of churches in Robinson, but yet most of the population is not saved. Most of the population does not know, does not know Christ. And it's such a, uh, Robinson is such a unique city. Where they have a uh, marathon oil refinery there so there's a lot of people that come in and through Robinson and so it gives us a lot of opportunities to reach people that may only be there for a couple months but still as people that we need to reach so continue to pray for the city of Robinson and for myself and the other pastors in Robinson as we continue to reach them with the gospel thank you very much Blake And Steve Harding is going to pray. Thanks. All right, I just wanted to add just a couple things. Uh, first, a thanks for Beth and me for their church for supporting Blake for this time. I just know we're going through the pandemic and stuff, and he was trying to reach out to church. And I was just kind of wondering, what does God have in store for him? He tries this place, he tried that place, and nothing come out. But what I learned a lesson was, no, I'm dad. I think I can fix everything. They're giving ideas and suggestions. Well... I just have to step back and let God be God and lead Blake at this time. So now, would you please join me in prayer? Father, we just do thank you for our church here, Lord. I thank you personally for Pastor Cliff and each member of this congregation that has supported our family for this time and for Blake you know, as he's stepping out in his new ministry. We thank you for the church family over Robinson, Lord, that so happily accepted him. And, well, this makes me feel good as a father to go over there to see that he's being taken care of by the people there. And just for the growth that he's had in the past few months, Lord, we just thank you for Pastor Dwight and the other people of that church that's continued his mentorship with them. And Lord, we just continue to know that you have great plans for Blake to reach that community and wherever else you may be leading him to, Lord. My Father, I also want to lift up others that have the opportunity that you as Blake, Lord, to be mentored by their church family, even our church family, Lord, that we bring others up to be able to step into the pulpit or be a missionary or whatever you'd have for them, Lord, that no, the most important thing we can do is to support them and to reach out to the lost in our community, however that may be, Father. And Lord, once again, we just thank you for the, the opportunities you've given Blake and given our family, and we just pray that we continue to see others up here, Lord, that are doing your will. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Okay, please stand with me once again as we worship through song. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally, my love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing Standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing. With many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him. Majesty, Lord of all, let it. 
of kings, oh, come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save his glories now we see who died and rose on high who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. Majesty, Lord of all, let every throne before him fall. The King of kings, oh, come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Lord of all, let every throne before him fall. The King of kings, oh, come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Majesty. Lord of all, let every throne before him fall. The King of kings, oh, come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Praise God who reigns forevermore.
you don't want to sit up here and yeah okay <laughs> all right they look so comfortable okay so uh, we're in proverbs 10 today Proverbs chapter 10, that's where we're going to start out today, and we're going to walk through this. Here's, here's the thing, okay, we've been in Proverbs, we've been in Proverbs for like five weeks or something like that, and here, here we are, we've jumped from the third chapter to the tenth chapter. So let's talk a little bit about that, let's talk about the jump that we went through, that it, it's the, uh, I loved how this, one of the study, the, the Holman little study guide it's a little shorter than most, most of my commentaries. And it describes chapters 1 through 9 as discourses. Okay, there's, and so we're skipping discourse 4 through 9. But let me say this about this. What, that, what happens in those chapters, and I would encourage you wholeheartedly to read them. Uh, I encourage you to wholeheartedly read them. Uh, but if we don't skip them, we're going to be in Proverbs in 2028, 20, okay? So, so we need to cover some other stuff along with that. And, and, and I, I want you to have a love, and I also want you to dive into the Word itself. And so in those chapters in between, it's still that concept that we've already touched on, the idea of pursuing wisdom. Wisdom's calling for you. You need to go out and look for wisdom. Uh, avoid the folly. And it, and it gives different descriptions. As I was sitting here thinking about it, it reminded me of the fact that at times... They tell us that we need to change up our, our style. And they change up our style. And I'm not good at that. You know, I've been doing this for too long to, to change what I do. All right? So you're kind of stuck for right now with that. But, but I do try to do that at times. And, and so when you read through there, what you may not have caught in chapter 2 or 3, you may catch in chapter 5 or 6 or 7. Just understand that. The idea, though, is that, and we're going to see that compounded here in Proverbs 10, the idea of choosing between wisdom and folly. You'll read some verses. If you've done the Dave Ramsey financial piece, chapter 6 is where the gazelle comes from. Okay? And, and so just know that there's some good stuff in there. We are, we've been walking through Proverbs with this, this idea, this concept. Faith applied to everyday attitudes, activities, and relationships. Those are things that we deal with from the time we, you're dealing with it now. Okay? And, and you'll be dealing with it all week long until you come back next week. So Proverbs is very practical in its approach to what we deal with in our, in our daily lives. And what we want to do is what we're trying to build through the book of Proverbs is that we look through, a, we look through the lens of a relationship with Jesus. That's how we live our life out, not how the world tells us. We want to know, how does God want me to live out my life? And so we want to do that, that through the lens of the, a relationship with Jesus, that biblical worldview. The idea is if, you had to, if you've been around long enough, it's a WWJD, and if you haven't seen it, it'll come back around again, okay? That's how that works. And so it is asking that question, what would Jesus do in, when, he's, when you're making a decision, what would Jesus do? And that's what we're trying to develop as we walk through the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm going to work on this because we're going to see this that we haven't seen in the earlier part of Proverbs. We haven't seen this in the three chapters. You won't see it in the first nine chapters. But when you get to the tenth chapter, the format changes. The format changes. And so I want you to pick up on that. Now, I, I, I'm going to flip the slide there so they can see what I'm talking about. 
In Proverbs, each verse, as it's laid out in your Bible, is two sticks or lines. I have to say that last night my wife stalks me and found what I was preaching. She goes, how do, how do you pronounce that and what is it? Okay, and I said, look, it's in the book, all right? And, and, and you're asking a guy said, who, who said how many ever walls you got, right? When I add that onto the four wall thing. So, so understand that when you, see, when you read it, you'll understand it. And it's antithetic, okay? Antithetic. And that means the second line is opposite of the first. Now, there is one synthetic line in there, and that's verse 10, where the second line completes the first line. So just pick up on that. Most of the, most of the verses that we read, well, all of the verses that we read except for verse 10 this morning are antithetic. In other words, the second line's opposite of the first. The idea of the choices that we're going to be walking through and, and, this, and except for verse 10. As you read through the Proverbs, you'll see both of those intermixed throughout there. So two choices. That's what we're talking about in the verses. Two choices. Wisdom or folly. Wisdom or folly. I'm going to say that that is totally foreign to you and I in 2023. Because we don't live with two choices, do we? The, the Apple unveiled a new phone this week. So you have the Apple 15 Pro the Apple 15 Pro Max, the Apple 15, uh, and the Apple 15 Max, okay? There are essentially, of the new phones, there are four choices, there are not two choices. That when you walk into your favorite restaurant, there's more than one, there's more than two choices, is there not? Even at Taylor's, the, I didn't know they serve something other than chili. I thought it was just a one chili one. That's why I go there. It's like lunch for dummies. You just walk in and get chili. So, so th just think about that. So I, when we wrestle with this, the writers of Proverbs are trying to drive home something that we need to understand in our world today, that there's wisdom and there's folly. There's not any in-betweens. Okay, there's, not any, there's not an A, B, C, D choice. It's either one or the other. So let's read here in Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 1, and we'll work through the 14th verse. I encourage you wholeheartedly sometime to find time to read the rest of the chapter. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Ill-gotten gains do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger, but he will reject the craving of the wicked. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commands, but a babbling fool will be ruined. 
He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. He who winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will be ruined. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. On the lips of the discerning wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him, of him who lacks understanding. Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish ruin is at hand. So as we walk through there, let's look at it this way. As we're walking through Proverbs, it's wisdom to guide us in our everyday decisions. Wisdom to guide us in our everyday decisions. It's observations from experience. When we were talking earlier in the video, when Teresa was talking with interviewing Blake up here, that word mentor came out, right? What that means is you're speaking into somebody who hasn't went as far as you've went, and you're trying to keep them from making some of the same mistakes. That's the idea of mentoring, to guide them along the way and teach them things that you've learned from your experience. And so Proverbs does that, right? It looks at life, and it makes some observations, and then it and then it talks about that experience and gives teaching from that experience. Every one of those verses, there's a lesson implied. Okay, so, so what you're doing is you don't see the lesson isn't worked out for you, but the lesson is implied. You want to go back at that, and what's the lesson that I want to take from that? What's the lesson I want to take from that? Now, here's the thing that Proverbs can do, and we've seen that in our own lives. We've grown up with some of those things. Where what we take is a biblical principle, and then we take it out of the Bible, we take it out of the church, and we apply it to life in general without God in the mix of it. We we can God out of the lessons that we are being taught. Matter of fact, some of the wisdom that we're looking at, if you look in the in the Bible app, you'll see some of that stuff going on. The idea is, is that some of this wisdom came from other places. It, sh- it shared commonly with the Egyptians, the Babylonians, other people shared this. But what we have, what Solomon has, is this wisdom in light of a relationship with God. And so when we walk through the Proverbs, just understand, we can take these and take them out of here, and we can begin to use these Proverbs to guide us through life and erase God from the equation. And when we do that, we've made a mistake. When we do that, we've made a mistake. We can also take Proverbs, and and all of a sudden, we have the steering wheel, because if I do this, God has to do this. It's not that way either. So what we want to do is learn from this. And, and righteousness, I love this, I love this idea here as, as we're looking there, that reminder as we're walking through Proverbs with the idea of wisdom and folly, righteousness is the wisdom, right? Righteousness is the wisdom portion of that dis- equation. So righteousness is infinitely preferable over the folly and overall unrighteousness that the other choice leads to. So that's what we want to keep in mind is how does that work out? Jesus is righteous. How do I bring Jesus? You know, Solomon didn't have Jesus, right? Jesus was there, but he didn't understand Jesus on the cross. So what we have now, here we are in 2023, long after Jesus is hung on the cross, we've read the Gospels. 
Proverbs is so applicable because it teaches us to live a life that's righteous before God. Who was righteous? Who's the measuring stick that we need to measure up to? Paul? Cliff? Let's lower it really low, okay? Um, no, no. We, we measure up to Jesus. If Jesus is righteous, then we want to be righteous. And we're going to use Proverbs to help us get there. We're going to help Proverbs. Proverbs is going to be that practical guide to help us to get to a more righteous place, a place where in that process of sanctification, God is using that to work on our lives to bring about a better vessel. Remember that potter and the clay. We're on the, we're on the wheel, and God is pressing his thumb and his fingers into us to try to make us. And, and, and let's use Proverbs to help God do that. That's how God is going to work through that. So, Proverbs is the idea and concept of these short, pithy phrases, is how they always say it, right? Two verses, a verse with two lines, and that's your proverb. We read a whole bunch of them this morning, read 14 of them. So the idea and the concept is because, guess what? They didn't have it to carry around. So where did they carry the proverbs at? In their head, right, written on the tablet of their heart. We already read that. So they had to remember that. So with that in mind, what's the fifth commandment? What's the fifth commandment? You guys are supposed to remember. It's gives parents castle. Parents is the fifth one. Honor your father and your mother, right? So that's the law. Does Proverbs help? And remember, we're living in a world prior to Jesus as these were written out. Does Proverbs help us to live out that? Does it speak into that fifth commandment, the idea of loving, honoring your parents, your mother and your father? Of course it does. The very first verse that we read, here it is, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a father glad, and but a foolish son is grief to his mother. That is, if you want to honor your father and your mother, what do you need to do? It's a choice, right, between wisdom and folly. If you choose wisely, you're going to make them happy, right? His, your father is going to be glad, so is your mother, okay? But if you choose wrongly, if you choose folly in your life, in your decisions, guess what? You've, you've caused grief. Is that still true today? Yeah. Yeah, every parent... Every one of us has been, every one of us has been on both sides of this. Most of you, okay? Some of you are not old enough to do. But if you've been a growing child, you've probably caused grief. If you're a parent, your child has caused you grief. But they've also made your heart glad. And you've also made their heart glad because you have, see how Proverbs works into our everyday life? And yet, as it's working into our everyday life, it's allowing us to live out a life before God that's pleasing to Him. God stated the commandment. That's, your dad didn't write, honor your parents. God wrote that. And He wants us to live that out. What's the eighth commandment? Give parents castle. K is the sixth one. A is the seventh one. And S is the eighth one. And S stands for do not steal. Well, that was right in there, right? Don't steal. 
if I look back in there, into verse 2, second verse in, ill-gotten gains. In my book, that's stealing. Okay? My book, that's stealing. So you see, Proverbs is helping me understand how do I live out? You know, because sometimes we look at the commandments and it's like, how am I, I going to do that, right? It's this rigid wall. But yet Proverbs st- speaks into our, our life and how we're living it out. And it says, ill-gotten gains do not profit. So I don't want to steal. That's why I don't want to steal. It is one of the commandments. And it, it lays it out for you. It doesn't profit. doesn't profit. But righteousness... Righteousness delivers from death. Righteousness delivers from death. That's the idea uh, that, that we want to see. How, and that bears out in other scriptures later on in the New Testament. Right? Who inherits eternal life? It's the righteousness. It's the righteous ones. And that's what we get to see. In this passage of scripture, how many like Psalm 23? Yeah. Beautiful Psalm. Did we see the care of the Lord mentioned in our Proverbs. Isn't it nice to know that God cares for us? I mean, I, I, when I'm living out my life, and at times, you know, who's caring for Cliff? Well, I have a lot of people. You all are caring for Cliff. But more than that, God cares for Cliff. God cares for you. You know, when, when you don't feel like anybody cares... God cares for you. And did we read that? Flip the slide. Did we read that about the care of the Lord? If we go over into the third verse of the 10th chapter, what's it say? The Lord will not allow that, my friend, is care. He's not going to let me, and it's evident, right? He's not let me go hungry for a long time. Okay? God will not let you hunger, but he will reject. Again, that choice between wisdom and between righteousness and unrighteousness, between wisdom and folly, that choice is obvious here. I want to be fed. I don't want to be hungry. And that's the idea behind the righteousness, pursuing that righteousness. You want to take off with, with, you want to take off with a harlot that represents folly? Understand, God will reject your craving when you're hungry. God's going to reject that. That's what we're going to see out there. The idea of, of how many of you got a retirement plan? It may, may help and it may not, right? Okay. All right. But we've, we've learned to do that. The idea of saving for a rainy day. Um, preparing for tomorrow. Did we read that? Did we read that idea of preparing for tomorrow? In the fifth verse. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. In other words, the guy that doesn't have his combine out ready to go this time of the year is acting shamefully, right? I mean, go pick, when it's ready, go pick it. Because if you don't go pick it, it's going to rot on Something else is eating it, not you. Okay, and then you're going to be hungry. So that verse applies today. I mean, when, you, when, when, you're, when you're driving home from church today, if you're driving out this week, you'll see somebody out, and the, there's no rain forecast for a while. These guys are out there picking corn. They're out there picking beans, those big old wagons. The combines are out there. This verse ought to come to mind. 
You see how what God's Word plays into what we see out there. And what we see out there reminds us of God's Word and then reminds us of how we need to live our lives out. In other words, I may not be that farmer, but I need to, this verse is still applicable to me. I've got to prepare for tomorrow. I've got, I've got to prepare for next Sunday. When I stand up here, I need to be prepared. So that's the kind of concept I want to do. That So that verse plays in to my daily life. It play, when you're doing laundry, for crying out loud, okay? What are you doing? You're washing clean clothes. So you're making clean clothes so you look good the next day. I mean, that's what that's about. So this verse intersects with your life in so many places. Did you know, if we'll say it that way, I want you to think about this. Next time you're doing laundry, you're acting wisely. Okay, just think about that. As, as much as you detest laundry and doing dishes, knowing that you're acting wisely, okay? Just let me put that out there for you. That little caveat to encourage you to do those things that you may not like to do. It talks about kings to come in this passage of Scripture here. It talks about kings to come in the seventh verse. Flip the slide. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. And some of the things that we've read, and I didn't, we're not covering everything that's all in those 14 verses, played out earlier in Proverbs. What we read here, it, this is the, the, the wisdom of Solomon. Solomon's going to turn over his, his, the reins to Rehoboam. The kingdom's going to split. You're going to have the northern kingdom and you're going to have the southern kingdom. If you're walking through the Have You Reds, we've been in Second Chronicles, and we've been reading through kings like Uzziah and Hezekiah, and we've read some good kings. But in, in, in their names were blessed, right? They were buried with honor. But Jehoram, okay, Jehoram was one of those kings that you read about. And, and, and it says, but the name of the wicked will rot. Guess what? Jehoram was, was, was wicked, when you read through there, he, he didn't follow after God. And it says, when you read the scripture, it says, Joram departed with no one's regret. That's right. That's right. You see how God's word plays out and how we live our lives. Interestingly enough, if we walk through there, and this is kind of my my what I have to deal with as I stand up here on Sunday and I am talking through Proverbs. Because honestly, uh, Terry's been working on the office to try to organize things. Proverbs is not organized. It just really, it's not organized. When you Google something, you, you know, when you type in that search engine and you're looking for um, barbecue, what do you expect to pop up underneath there? places to get barbecue. Now, wouldn't it be really strange if it talked about garden hoses, lawnmowers, chainsaws, and, and, and chocolate pudding? I mean, you type in barbecue and all of a sudden, here's a link that takes you to, to chocolate pudding recipe. Here's another link that takes you to a, a chainsaw sale. Here's another link that takes you to a garden hose at Amazon. And it just seems a little bizarre, doesn't it? But that's the way the Proverbs, it was reading that, I didn't put the quote up there, the idea that just, you know, we, we, we wrestle with the theologians that get to spend all their time in their desks dealing with this, writing the commentaries, they wrestle with 
why are all the themes mixed together? Here's my, here's a cliff theory. And I want you to think about that as you read the Proverbs. You don't get up tomorrow and just deal with barbecue or garden hoses. You just don't get up tomorrow dealing with the day after, preparing for tomorrow. You just don't get up tomorrow dealing with just finances. You don't get up just to the, tomorrow and you only have to deal with this one issue so that Proverbs chapter 10 and 11 and 12 can deal with husbands and wives or, the, or it can deal with um, finances or it can deal with labor. They're not grouped that way, but your life is not grouped that way. So when you read Proverbs, we read 14 Proverbs. Not all 14 Proverbs are going to play out today. Not all 14 Proverbs are going to play out tomorrow. What plays out today may not repeat itself all week. But you'll have learned something that will intersect with your life. And that's the beauty of the Scripture, is that it prepares you for what comes your way. How do I live out this life? If I'm a Christian, how do I live like Jesus? Take hold of the Proverbs, and one by one, capture what they say, and then apply them when, it, when it's time. It's like, it's like that big old toolbox that some guys have got in their garage. I don't use all the tools all of the time. But when I need a particular tool, it does the job just right. If, you, if you're a guy, you've got a snap ring plier. How many times do you use it? But when you need it, there's nothing else in the world that can do what that does. So you understand that. You, you know, you're working in the kitchen. There's a candy thermometer. It's, you only use it for candy. But when you use it, you need it. So you understand that concept of this is what Proverbs is about. How do I live out my life? I have a relationship with Jesus. How do I live that out? I want to use these verses of Scripture so that I want to start stashing them. How many of you guys got a tool or something for the kitchen or the house that you want, but it's too much money? Yeah, everybody can raise their hand, right? I want you to know that all the tools that God has given us in the book of Proverbs are yours for the taking. Imagine that. The snap-on guy comes to your garage and says, anything in here you can have. How much are you taking? Yeah, as much as you can, right? <laughs> well, just leave me the keys to the truck, okay? I'll save you the trip. And, and that's that kind of thing. God's pulled up with his tools for life in the book of Proverbs, and we stand outside thinking about whether we want it or not. Think about that. Let's dive into Proverbs. Let's take Proverbs and help Proverbs guide us as we're trying to live like Jesus. Like Jesus. Here's the action steps. I want you to, and here's what I want you to do this week. Read the rest of Proverbs 10. Then mark the verses that you applied. In other words, you're going to need to go back to Proverbs 10. And the more you go back, the easier it'll get. Apply the verses that, that, that intersected with your life. Hey, that verse spoke to this exact day and this hour, okay, when I made a decision. And then the last one is... Just going to say, we blow it. Did you choose wisely? Okay, Because that's your choice, to choose wisely, not to choose wisely. 
I want to give you this invite as we're about ready to have the invitation. I'm talking to people who have a relationship with Jesus. This is how you live your life out. You can't do Proverbs and get your way to heaven. Right? Proverbs doesn't get you there. Proverbs help you, helps you live like the one who died for you. You need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's no other way to heaven. No other way. Absolutely no other way. You can't be good enough to do that. So my invite to you today is if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm, I want to talk to you about that today. I want to help you make that. What do I need to do? Why do I need to do that? How do I get saved? Those are the questions you can ask, and I will answer. We have water in the baptistry All right, already. Uh, we anticipated one today, but that didn't happen. God's at work in that, in that situation. And, and so know that even if I didn't have water, we'd get water, okay? And, and Vicky's very good about putting the water in there, and it's warm too, all right? Just that invitation. But more than anything, I want you to have a right relationship. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. And so today, if you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you make your way. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. The, 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 you can come down here and pray for whatever it is. As they mentioned earlier, as, as Steve prayed, maybe somebody today wants to follow the road that Blake's followed to, into the ministry. Maybe somebody else wants to be a missionary. Maybe you want to pray for your friend. Let's stand and sing. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, and all I have is yours, every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. And it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, 
all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for all that we've seen this day. Father, for the opportunity, Lord, to serve you, the opportunity to hear you. Father, just pray that as we live our lives out, Father, that we would live it as you would have us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. So stay where you're at. I'm going to ask Sharon and Glenn to come down. And let me get the deacons up here. Here's your have your reds for this week. Okay, so here's why I brought, brought them, and you sitting in front here, and then everybody gather around back there, and say hi to the audience online. <laughs> um, Sharon is one of two people from Illinois, from our Illinois churches. Adron Robinson is the other, he's up in Hillcrest, up in the Chicago area as pastor. But they're heading out tomorrow, and they're going to go down. This is the time of year that they go down to Nashville for the executive committee meeting. She is one of the, the members on there, and they will, be, they will be hashing through a lot of things. And they have, a, they have a lot of new people coming onto the committee this year. If you've been following the SBC news, you know that the kitchen's kind of messy right now. Okay, that'll be my terminology to put. And so we want to pray for Sharon, who represents so many more people the board as they make decisions that matter to us as Southern Baptists, that, that will speak into our future. So our prayer today intersects with what we're just today. We're going to, through prayer, prepare for tomorrow. Okay, that's what we're going to do. So, do I have a microphone? Somebody got a microphone? Is that one on? It's on, it's on now. Oh, no. Randy, you're, you're our chairman. I'll let you pray for them as they go down there. All righty. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the dedication of Sharon as she uh, serves on this co committee and has for some time. We just pray that you'll guide her and give her the ideas that uh, will uh, be encouraging and, and to help point our denomination in the correct direction that uh, everyone will understand and follow you and that uh, they will uh, help bring a stronger organization to us just uh, also be with glenn as he supports sharon and just uh, guide them in all these endeavors i ask this in jesus name amen, amen. amen. and so if you'll see sharon afterwards you can get cupcake orders to her <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you guys 2.30, back in this room, we'll have the, the MBA meeting. 3.30, we'll have the other, so...